0: Welcome to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church Podcast where we bring you weekly sermons that uplift your soul, strengthen your spirit, and praise the Lord. Whatever your reason for listening, we're grateful for you spending your time with us. May God open your heart to love and your ears to hear. Our scripture
1: lesson comes from Exodus chapter 5 and chapter 7. Afterward, Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, let my people go so that they may celebrate a festival to me in the wilderness. But Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should heed him and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord and I will not let Israel go. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, when Pharaoh says to you, perform a wonder, then you shall say to Aaron, take your staff and throw it down before Pharaoh and it will become a snake. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and did as the Lord had commanded. Aaron threw down his staff before Pharaoh and his officials and it became a snake. Then Pharaoh summoned the wise men and the sorcerers and they also, the magicians of Egypt, did the same by their secret arts. Each one threw down his staff and they became snakes, but Aaron's staff swallowed up theirs. Still Pharaoh's heart was hardened and he would not listen to them as the Lord had said. Then the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is hardened. He refuses to let the people go. Go to Pharaoh in the morning as he is going out to the water. Stand by at the river bank to meet him and take in your hand the staff that was turned into a snake. Say to him, the Lord, the God of my Hebrews sent me to you to say, let my people go so that they may worship me in the wilderness. But until now you have not listened. Thus says the Lord, by this you shall know that I am the Lord. See, with the staff that is in my hand, I will strike the water that is in the Nile and it shall be turned to blood. The fish in the river shall die. The river itself shall stink and the Egyptian shall be unable to drink water from the Nile. The Lord said to Moses, say to Aaron, take your staff and stretch out your hand over the waters of Egypt over its rivers, its canals, and its ponds, and all its pools of water, so that they may become blood. And there shall be blood throughout the whole land of Egypt, even in vessels of wood and in vessels of stone. Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord commanded. In the sight of Pharaoh and of his officials, he lifted up the staff and struck the water in the river. And all the water in the river was turned into blood and the fish in the river died. The river stank so that the Egyptians could not drink its water, and there was blood throughout the whole land of Egypt. But the magicians of Egypt did the same by their secret arts. So Pharaoh's heart remained hardened, and he would not listen to them, as the Lord had said. Pharaoh turned and went into his house, and he did not take even this to heart. Dear pants for the water, so my soul longs after you. You alone are my heart's desire, and I long to worship you. You alone are my strength, my strength.
0: Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. My theatrical debut came in the fourth grade and the St. John's United Methodist Church Elementary Choir production of the musical let's go with mo it was quite the production we even took it on the road playing nursing homes and church basements and community centers all across west texas i played moses now of course it was the opposite of typecasting you can just imagine a nine-year-old me with a sheet wrapped around my head holding a staff, a fake beard plastered onto my face really looked nothing like a wise, faithful, grown man who was liberating his people. And one of those accidents of church life at that particular moment, all the fourth and fifth graders in my church choir were girls. So we were an all-girl choir taking on an all-male cast in this show. So Moses, Aaron, Pharaoh, all of us played by girls. Now my star moment uh, was when everyone else exited the stage, the spotlight came down on me and I sang my heart out. In this foreign land, God fulfills his promise through me. Now that was the first and the last time that anyone ever asked me to sing in public. I've always had a special place in my heart for Moses. Because of his bravery and his boldness, his extraordinary faith in God against all the odds, his willingness to speak up and out bravely to liberate his people. But it's also because I will never forget standing on stage as a child singing boldly, let my people go. We did get a standing ovation at the Lubbock, Texas Senior Center. I'll have you know. Now, Moses is one of the most familiar biblical characters. He was a Hebrew shepherd in the land of the Egyptians, the Egyptians who enslaved the Hebrew people at that time. One day, Moses was minding his own business, tending his sheep on the hillside, and he notices spectacularly that there is a bush, and it is on fire, but it is not being consumed. And then a voice the voice of God begins to speak, saying, Moses, Moses, set your people free. My people free, says God. You will be my mouthpiece. You are going to speak truth to power. Me, Lord, Moses says, me? Communication is not my gift. I've got kind of a shady past. I would rather just lay low and keep tending my sheep on this hill. God says, Moses, I am choosing you. I'm asking you to liberate your people. Your brother Aaron can go with you and be your mouthpiece. He has a gift for communication. Well, at great risk to themselves, Moses and Aaron, they listened to God. They trusted God to lead their people out of Egypt, out of slavery, and into that promised land where they would be free at last. Let's go with Mo, indeed. I grew up wanting to be like Moses, to be a true hero, trusting God, being a faithful leader people listened to and followed. Well, in today's scripture selection, we meet Moses and his brother Aaron in the midst of one of their many attempts to convince the Pharaoh to let the Israelite people go, to free them from slavery, to liberate them, to leave exile and captivity and truly be free. Moses and Aaron listen to God, and they communicate God's message and God's power from a staff that turns to snakes to a river that's filled with blood, killing the fish and thereby the food and water source for the Egyptians to try to convince them to let him go. Pharaoh, though, he's not impressed. He cares more about his power and his wealth and his control than he does about God's people, Even his own people who are beginning to suffer. Pharaoh hardens his heart to Moses' request for justice, to God's commands, and he does it over and over again. Pharaoh unravels Moses' plans. Over and over again, Pharaoh says, No. Over and over again, God says to Moses, Yes. Says, Moses, you keep showing up. Keep communicating my message of liberation and freedom moses does pharaoh keeps thwarting him keeps unraveling god's plans for justice it is a wonder to me that moses does not give up does not just go right back to that hillside with his sheep friends i don't know about you but when i look around at our world right now I'm much more tempted to crawl back into bed and just pull the covers over my head than I am to try to keep showing up day after day, especially in what can feel like the face of overwhelming no's. It's a lot, (laughs) y'all. And I find myself wanting to scream at leaders or to the walls of my house that are quickly closing in. I wanna find somebody to blame because I like to be in control. I like to make plans, to know what's gonna happen next and then after that. And frankly, underneath all of that, believe that if I just work hard enough, I can create the outcome that I want. And if we just work hard enough, we can be the heroes of our own stories and maybe the stories of others. We can control our environment so that we create the desired results. I want to be more like Moses, or at a minimum, have a Moses to follow. But if this season of life has taught us anything, it's that we are not in control. That any plans we create are quickly going to be shifted or thrown out completely. And the anxiety that comes with that, it is real. I was struggling this week and looking back at an old prayer journal from a couple of years ago. And there scrolled across the top and my scraggly cursive writing was the phrase, release the outcome. Over and over again, I wrote meditatively, it looked like as if my life depended on it. Release the outcome, release the outcome, release the outcome. I wrote this after having the great privilege of hearing Elaine Heath speak. She's a United Methodist clergywoman and scholar. She was talking to a group about trauma-informed leadership during cultural shifts. Her contention is that all of us as a society, as a church, as individuals, are impacted in some way by trauma. So for any of us to lead, we need to do our own work and then also be informed about how to best care for and lead people who've experienced their own trauma. Now, this was two and a half years ago. And of course, the last few months, so much more has shifted in our culture. There's more collective trauma. But then she talked about the ways our culture was already shifting rapidly, most notably by the technological innovation But from parenting, to education, to food production, to the environment, to communication and media, to democracy and criminal justice, you can add your own. Things are shifting. The church, too, is shifting radically. We can't do things the way that we've always done them. But there is no script for how to move forward, what to do next, what the new picture is going to look like. Now, of course, there are best practices, there's story sharing for how to adapt, but there's no straight line or magic formula for knowing what comes next and making that happen. And I find that kind of maddening. I did then two and a half years ago, and how much more relevant is all of that right now? Because my usual prayer that I want to pray, that I do pray more often than I'd like to admit, is this outcome, please, God, and then this one, and then if you could add the next one, that would be fabulous, please and thank you. Which is why I needed to write over and over again, release the outcome, release the outcome, release the outcome. When I did this, it was like medicine for my soul. Releasing the outcome does not mean that you weren't invested in what happens but it does mean that you let go of holding on so tightly to your own plans and desires, and instead begin to trust where God is leading, even and especially if you don't understand it. And I believe God led me to this journal two years later because I desperately need this reminder today in 2020, the year that will not be controlled. I have a piece of paper that I keep on my desk. It's gifted to me by a dear friend and it has the phrase on it. Show up. Pay attention. Tell the truth. Release the outcome. I'm going to say it again. Show up. Pay attention. Tell the truth. Release the outcome. In 2020, and truthfully in any year, I think that this is the path of true faithfulness, as hard as it may be. And Moses, Moses is an excellent guide on how to live this truth. Because I'm afraid that when we reduce Moses to a hero who knew exactly where he was leading his people and triumphantly succeeded, we dismiss so much of the details of his story. It's really easy to picture him as Charlton Heston on top of that mountain holding the Ten Commandments in his hands, or singing valiantly and triumphantly, God fulfills his promise through me. But the truth is, I think Moses felt completely out of control most of the time. He had no idea where he was going, and he faced no's and roadblocks over and over again not just from pharaoh but eventually from his own people that he was leading that he risked his life for because once he finally liberated his people from egypt he raised that staff and parted the red sea so they could walk out of slavery they found themselves wandering in the wilderness for 40 years they didn't go straight from egypt to the promised land During this time, the people understandably got restless. They couldn't handle the not knowing. They couldn't handle the not planning. So they revolted against God and Moses. When they didn't know the outcome, when they didn't like where they were, they complained saying to Moses, why did you bring us here? We were better off in slavery. They built golden calves as idols when they decided that they better just create their own gods instead of trusting in the God who had liberated them. When God fed them with manna, bread from heaven, each and every day so that they were never hungry, they tried to store it up instead of trusting that God would continue to provide day by day. They tried to take it into their own hands. This human desire for control, for making plans, for knowing the outcome. It is real, it is deep, it is ancient, and I find some comfort in that. But my real comfort comes in the good news that God's plan, God's ability to create, to provide, to liberate, it is always stronger than my plan, than human attempts to thwart justice Releasing the outcome doesn't mean that we don't care about what happens next, far from it. Releasing the outcome means that we trust more in God's vision, God's desires, God's ways than we do in our own ability to control the future. As individuals, as communities, as the church, it is time to be radically open and to let some things go. Moses is a hero of our faith, but it's not because he never doubted or always knew where he was going. It's because he simply continued to take the next faithful step. Moses listened to God, trusted in liberation and peace and freedom, even when everything around him made him want to scream or hide under the covers or go back to tending sheep. Moses kept showing up and trusting God along the way. I think that our faithful response is to be like Moses, to show up when God calls, even when we think that we're not qualified or we're not the best one to show up, that we're not ready. Moses paid attention, listened to God and God's people, We're called to do that too, to ask where do they hurt? Where do God's people need love or freedom or liberation? We tell the truth. Moses said to Pharaoh and his own people, trust in God's love and God's power, do the right thing. He wasn't always popular, but he did liberate his people. And they went on to the promised land flowing with milk and honey, even though Moses doesn't make it there with them. What are the places, friends, where we are called to speak the truth of God's love and justice and liberation, even and especially if it won't make us popular. But finally, friends, Moses released the outcome and so should we. (laughs) We do our part faithfully. We let go and then trust how the spirit may move. Let go of a result that we haven't hoped for or wanted but knowing that ultimately God's kingdom, God's promised land, God's new life, it is always on the other side. Trusting that when the world seems like it is unraveling around us, God is present. A God whose kingdom, whose freedom, whose hope, whose gift of life is far beyond anything we could imagine or dream or plan on our own. Who through Jesus Christ is calling us to help build a world where justice rolls down like water and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream, where the lowly are lifted up and the hungry are filled with good things. Friends want to show up to this God. Pay attention to the movement of the spirit. Tell the truth to a world that desperately needs to hear it. And then trust God with the rest. Let us go with mo indeed. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church podcast. We hope that you have found our podcast helpful and hope to be in ministry not only to you but with you. For more information about Sandy Springs United Methodist Church, please visit www dot s-s-u-m-c dot org. until next time may God bless you